are the People's Pod, giving you unfiltered and unqualified content every single week. This is Take Two. I'm Cliff East Joe. Welcome back, everybody. What's up, everyone? <laughs> All right. Let's take a double step back. Look at the news. Joe, Zion says for sure he's signing an extension. Well, duh. Also, Joe, <laughs> horrible negotiation strategy. Right. Not the best. Yeah. I'm definitely taking this. I'm definitely taking this. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing with that. Joe, D'Lo's on the block for some reason. Why? He's, <laughs> I don't understand. Why are they scapegoating D'Lo, Cliff? He's just, he just did what he's supposed to do. He's a third guy. He's just guy. loading. He's, he's just loading. third guy. He's always loading. And he's good sometimes. He's bad sometimes. But I don't know, man. I don't think he really deserves to be on the block. Joe, Stephen A. says that the Lakers should consider trading LeBron. Uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and get what for him though? I mean, I saw the segment. They should have. They should have traded him two seasons ago. That would have made sense. Well, maybe they should trade him for this guy. After Gobert says it's him or me, his numbers are my numbers are consistent, whereas Donovan's are going way down. Way is that true though? Is down. this a true report? If it's true, I would say. What the heck, <laughs> Rudy? Cliff, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I do want to mention I'm getting a taste of Utah fans and okay. from, from some of our social interaction. And okay, yeah. They're a little weird, Cliff. Like, they love <laughs> Joe Ingles. I mean, Joe Ingles is the greatest player in Salt Lake City since John Stockton, apparently. At, at least that's what I've been told. Joe Ingles yeah. is way better than Donovan Mitchell. That's what I've been told. Joe Ingles had a little bit of beef with, I think it was Josh Hart who was trying to change his jersey number. And he was like, who cares? No one's going to buy your jersey anyway. <laughs> what a burn. <laughs> great, great. I mean, great line. That's great. That's social media hall of fame. Sure. But, and then all these people were piling on Joe Ingles like, oh, who are you? You think you sell a lot of jerseys? But apparently, Cliff, he does sell a lot of jerseys. Joe Ingles mm. is like the fourth most jerseys sold or something like that. Like, it's something crazy. Right. It's something crazy. Apparently, everybody in Salt Lake City buys Joe Ingles jerseys, and they love Rudy Gobert, and they hate Donovan Mitchell. I don't know why. I can think of maybe one or two reasons. But Don't say it. <laughs> but here, here's what it comes down to. Okay, here's what I really want to know when it comes to Gobert, okay? Forget all the other stuff. Yeah. I just want you to answer me this, okay? Because the best way to actually think about Gobert's value is compare him to other centers in the league, not Hassan sure. Whiteside and Eric Paschal. So, Cliff, yeah. let me run down some guys. You tell me if you'd rather take Gobert or the person, okay? Okay, yeah. Gobert or Jokic? What? Jokic. <laughs> I got I got to go through the other Come centers, on. okay? Gobert or Jokic? Okay, Jokic. Gobert or Embiid? Okay, this game is dumb. <laughs> okay, obviously Embiid. We got to compare Gobert to the other centers in the NBA. This is what's fair. Gobert or Cat? Cat. Gobert or Adebayo? Adebayo. Gobert course. or DeAndre Ayton? Ayton. Gobert or Vucevic? Vucevic. Okay, let's go to tier two, Cliff. But I think you'll be surprised at how many players I think are still pretty good. Gobert or your boy, JV? Dude, of course, Valanchunas. That guy's a walking bucket. Gobert or Miles, a healthy Miles Turner? Oh, I think I'd go Miles Turner. More upside. Me, me too. Gobert or Jared Allen? Oh, Jared Allen. 
Gobert or healthy Defensive Evan presence. Mobley? Evan Mobley, of course. Gobert or healthy Christian Wood? In- interesting Christian Wood, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not positive. But I think I would probably go Christian Wood. Too. I mean, healthy, I'd probably go Christian Wood. Dude, that guy could put up 30. Cliff, Gobert or Robert Williams? Okay, I'll take Gobert over okay. the Time Lord. So, I mean, but Cliff, that's like 15 guys. <laughs> that's like 15 guys. And then, and Time Lord, look, Time Lord is pretty amazing defensively. He is pretty and then amazing. You, I didn't even say guys like. He's not good in 30 minutes, but he's great in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I didn't even say guys like Capella. I didn't say guys like Nurkic, who I think Gobert's better than, but it's kind of close. Even guys like Rashawn Holmes, Mitchell Robinson, like. I don't think it's that crazy of a gap. So that's my problem with Gobert. People act like he is an MVP candidate. People act like he is so amazing. But, I mean, look at the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, the problem I have with Gobert is Gobert is getting – he's the 16th highest paid player. He's getting paid max money, $37 million. Kyrie is under him. Luca is under him. <laughs> Bradley Beal. <laughs> you know, Devin Booker. These guys are under him in salary. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm going back and forth with Jazz fans. They love Gobert. They love Joe Wingles. They love Bogey. You know, for some reason, they hate Spider Mitchell. Uh, I don't know, man. I think he's overrated. Okay, I think he's a great player, but he's overrated. People act like he is prime Dikembe plus prime Hakeem plus prime Tim Duncan, like all rolled up into one defensively, plus primed Ben Wallace, when in actuality he's just a he's a broke Dwight Howard. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's like a – Look, he's not as good – like prime Dwight Howard. He's a broke okay. prime Dwight Howard is what I'm saying. Like, he's not as good offensively as prime Dwight Howard. And I would say he's probably not even as good defensively as prime Dwight Howard. Mm. He's good defensively. He's very good defensively. But he's got some limitations even defensively, and he's got severe limitations offensively. So I don't know, man. I just – I don't know. Let's go further now. We're going to play a game <laughs> we love all day or cray-cray. We got to go with an even hotter take. Joe Nick Wright thinks Luca is in his 07 LeBron year, and they are going to the finals. He said Luca and the Mavs will beat the Suns. He said this after they lost Game One. Joe Aldair Cray Cray, has anyone had a colder take than Nick Wright? I mean, it's the hottest take, which is going to become the coldest take very rapidly <laughs> after Luca was dismantled. Okay, in game two, did you see how they were hunting him on defense, Cliff? Yeah. Every single time they were hunting the switch onto 6'7", six, 6'7", seven, six, seven, yeah. Luka Doncic. This is not Steph Curry. Yeah. You know, this is not like Isaiah Thomas. You know, no. this is not Allen Iverson or something. This is not like a little guy. But, man, Chris Paul made him look little. Chris Paul made him look like he does not know how to play basketball. And by the way, Devin Booker's been having his way with Luca. Every time Luca's on him, he is just he's feasting. He is schooling him. And look, Luca's gonna get his on the other side, of course. He's he can score. 
Luca can do a lot of things, but is Luca having his 07 LeBron year, Cliff? I'm going to have to say no, I don't think so. This is not LeBron James who destroyed the Detroit Pistons. One of the greatest things in playoff history. Truly. This is not that Luca. In fact, the person who looks like they're doing that this season is 37-year-old Chris Paul. He looks like 07 LeBron right now. He looks like the best freaking player in the NBA right now, okay? That's what he looks like cuz he is controlling the game 100%. So, I got to go. This is a cold take. I got to go cray cray on the Luca is by the way, Nick Wright is also the one who said Luca has already entered the goat conversation because of <laughs> his 18 games in the postseason and he has the highest scoring average ever or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not Why? I'm not going without I'm not down with that. I mean, if you're not familiar with Nick Wright's work, he said the 2017 <laughs> Warriors were worse than the 2016 Warriors because they had KD. What? Wow. <laughs> he said KD had wow. never been better than LeBron in basketball a day in his life and didn't deserve the MVP he got. Ridiculous. He said LeBron's 2012 to 2016 is the greatest five-year run in NBA history where he won, where he made five finals and won three, including the 3-1 deficit. How is that better than Jordan? Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. I don't understand. Anyway. Anyway. So that's Nick Wright. Then, I don't know what he saw, but the Suns never trailed in game one. Never. They were up 17 going into the fourth quarter. The game was never in doubt. They had a pedestrian game from Book and CP3. 23-9-8, respectively. Luka was 45-12-8. The Mavs shot 47% and 41% from three. They had less than 10 turnovers, and they were basically outmatched all day. Right. That was after game one. Game. And after game one, Nick Wright said, oh, yeah. don't worry. We, we got this. <laughs> yeah. This is when he said the Mavs will beat the Suns. Yes. He said and the they're Mavs. going to the finals. Crazy. I don't, I don't know. That was after game one. And then game, game two one. happened. And then game two happened. <laughs> Where Chris Paul just went, well, okay. Chris Paul and Devin Booker had eight points and nine points in the first half. Yeah. And game was close. It was like, what was it? A one-point game? Something like that? It was like a two-point yeah. game. And then second half, third quarter, Book goes off for uh, 13 20? points? Oh, in the third quarter alone. Yeah, probably. He had nine in the fourth. So, yeah, I think he had 13 in the third. I mean, he was he was balling and destroying Luka. And then Chris Paul just goes nuclear in the fourth. Six for seven, 14 points in the fourth. Chris Paul? Yeah, was he, was six, he was six for seven in the fourth. Uh, and Book went three for three in the fourth, all three. So he had nine points. And, and Chris each Paul of like, those threes, he held his hand long. <laughs> I mean, the game was already over, but it was like – But and I love it because – watched the Mavs bench. Yeah, because they're like, it's over, over. It's not just over. Uh, basically, the series is over is essentially what Booker was saying. But I don't know. To me, Luka Doncic doesn't even look like the best player in this series, Cliff. Yeah. That, that that's what I want to start with. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take Matt, the Mavs out of this. Let's start with Phoenix. Quite possibly, the best point guard in the series is not Luka. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly... The point guard, the best point guard in the playoffs is on Phoenix. And also, quite possibly, that same guy might be the MVP of the playoffs thus far. And his mother effing Chris Paul. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think it's quite possibly. I think it just is. Joe, I'm going to give you increasingly more impressive Chris Paul stats. Let's go the first one. Joe, he's averaging 23, 5, 10, 2 in the playoffs. This guy is 37 years old, averaging 23, 5, and 10. Joe, stat number two. He's averaging just 1.6 turnovers a game. 10 assists to 1.6 turnovers. 1.6 turnovers? I mean, that's freaking amazing. It's like a, he has an over six assist to turnover ratio. Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good when good. you talk about that. Pretty dang good. Joe, stat number three. He's shooting 58% from the field in the playoffs, which 58%. is second. Second in the playoffs for anyone that has 10-plus shot attempts. Only DeAndre Ayton is ahead of him on his that's team. Crazy. Who shoots from seven feet. Yeah, and who shoots like 70% or whatever. He's like ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe, number four, he is the number one scorer in the fourth quarter at 10.3 points per game on 64% shooting from the field and 60% from three. (laughs) 60%. Cliff, it's ridiculous. Like, I, when I'm watching Chris Paul, Cliff, right yeah. now, and I didn't – look, we have no Chris Paul – like, we love Chris Paul, but yeah. there is no way I thought Chris Paul would be this good, right? This is basically how I felt when I got to the third act of Avengers Endgame, mm. Cliff. And they're like, you know, it's Thor gets Stormbreaker and Mjolnir together, and it does the lightning does his beard and stuff like that. Yeah. And they come, they start battling him. They're like tag teaming him, and then all of a sudden, Thanos gets hit in the back. Yeah, with the with Mjolnir. Yeah, and it flies back. And who has it? Captain America wielding Mjolnir. And those like thirty seconds are like the greatest thirty seconds of your life. Like, oh my gosh, he's spinning it around. He's shooting the lightning. And you think it's like, can it get better? And then when you think it's all over, it says on your left. And then all the portals open up, and then everyone comes out, and you're just the music is going. And he grabs the hammer, and then it's like Avengers assemble. He just the Avengers assemble, like the quiet one. And yeah. it's just the whole theater is just going crazy. And it's like moment upon moment upon moment. And that's what Chris Paul is right now. Mm. He's just like, you think it can't get any better? And he pulls up for a little floater, and he pulls up for a fadeaway, like 15-footer. And then he pulls up for a sidestep three. This guy is just unstoppable. This dude is a professional. <laughs> like, when I watch him, it's, like, effortless. Like, he is doing whatever he wants on the court. It's not – some is fancy, but not really. It's just business. It is business, yes. But and I mean, that's what is the scariest thing. If you watch Phoenix, this is not getting hyped. And they pulled this game out. This is just business. <laughs> it's just business. I don't know how you can even make a case at the moment that Luca. I don't know. Luca's nowhere. <laughs> He's seen, they're getting killed in the series, and even by pretty, mo- even by most metrics, 
Chris Paul's better. Guess who is the number one player in PER in the playoffs, Cliff? Um, Giannis. No. Chris Paul. No. It's uh, He's out of the playoffs right now. Jokic. Yes, Jokic. Number one. Oh, okay. Yeah, 32.6 PER. Guess who is number three, Cliff? Book? It is. Chris? Yes, it is the aforementioned Chris Paul. 29.7 PER, That's Cliff. insane for a point guard. 29.7 for a point guard? For a six-foot point guard, basically? That's insane. You know what's crazy, though, Cliff? You know who's number two? Who? It's a little surprising. Jimmy Buckets. Wow. 30.3 PER. Jimmy is balling out. No one's paying attention, but let me tell you something, Cliff. The only person, in my view, who is competing with Chris Paul for MVP of the playoffs so far is the aforementioned Jimmy Butler. He's balling out. Joe, let's move. So, first of all, Nick Wright, because of everything you see in Phoenix, we haven't even talked about Book. <laughs> who, we haven't even talked about Book. Who's freaking dominating. Yeah, who's, we who's haven't even balling talked about out? Book. Uh, that alone should tell you they're going to beat Dallas. Mm-hmm. Then you move on to what da- what is happening in Dallas. And you know what I see, Joe? Like when I squint, I'm like, oh, is that you, Bron? Is that <laughs> you, LeBron? 45-12-8? Not just that part. Everyone is saying, we need to get Lucas some help. Kid said, Lucas' talent is wasted. Everyone's like, if only other people just showed up, showed up. Luca just has no help. You had KP on your team. 22-9-3-1-2 on the Wiz. 48% shooting, 37% from three. You, what? (laughs) You didn't want that? Also, uh, by the way, without Luca. The Mavs, this playoffs, we don't even have to go that far back, Cliff. This playoffs, the Mavs were 2-1 and one without Luka against the Jazz. And Jalen Brunson looked like the best player in that series. He was that, outplaying yep. everybody. Outplaying MVP candidate Rudy Gobert. Outplaying Spider Mitchell. Outplaying Cumin guy Mike Conley. Like, he's outplaying everybody. That's what I wanted to mention. I squint, and I'm like, oh, is the law of LeBron here? <laughs> is the law of Luka here? Because Jalen Brunson, as you mentioned, in this playoffs without Luka, in those first three games, was at 32 points per game, 51% shooting, averaging 24 shots a game. Now he has been neutered to 18 points per game on 41% shooting, Averaging 17 shots per game. Joe Dinwiddie, same thing. He went from 20 points per game to 10. (laughs) 10 points per game. Yep. Obviously, yeah. yeah. The Mavs Mavs are better with Luka, right? You got to have Luka. But Luka himself needs to do less for his team to be better. Especially at the onset. We see Chris Paul do it. Yes. That's That's the whole point. Look at what Chris Paul's doing. Look at how he contributes to winning. You don't like if Luca did if he was able 
to control the game like Chris Paul is right now. Okay, and I don't care about whatever in the past, all that stuff. I'm just talking about right now. Okay, when you watch the game, you see what Chris Paul does. When he needs to, he'll step up. Like if it's Mm -hmm. important, if it's getting close, if they're having trouble generating offense, then yes, he'll go one-on-one. Then yes, he'll take that mid-range jumper. Then yes, he'll get the switch he wants. And he'll just just take it. But when not, then he doesn't need to do any of that stuff. He just kind of throws it around. He lets the, the ball find the hot shooter. He lets... The off, basically, he lets the offense find the weaknesses and find the mismatches that are favorable, and that's it. You know, Luca, he's he's so LeBron right now. <laughs> like he is so the law of LeBron, like maximal right now yeah. because he forces everything. Right. Like when you watch Luca play, it is not within the rhythm of offense. It's he basically just is forcing the offense. Like, does he make good passes? Yes. He knows how to find the open guy. I'm not saying that he's a ball hog necessarily. I'm not saying that, you know, he is bad or he is a detriment to the team per se. Like overall, of course, they're better with him. But obviously, Jalen Brunson, like people are trying to pile on Jalen Brunson. Uh, What's the obvious reason that Jalen Brunson's having trouble playing now? It's because somebody came back who's dominating the ball and Jalen Brunson's opportunities have shrunk down. Not only because um not only because Luca holds the ball so much, but also because he makes them easier to defend. Mm. He makes Dallas's offense a lot more predictable. When you have to worry about Jalen Brunson getting in the lane and Dinwiddie's a threat and you know, Dorian Finney-Smith is a threat and Klaver is a threat, you know, and all these guys, you don't really know what's going to happen. They're a lot more dangerous. That's how Phoenix functions, right? Anybody can shoot. Anybody could get the ball. You don't really know what's going to happen. And so that makes them really tough to defend. When you know Luka's going to dribble, 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 just like Harden did in Houston, like just like LeBron did back in the day, like when you know he's just going to dominate the ball, it makes it a lot easier to defend. It makes them very predictable. And so even though Luca's dropping big numbers, they have not been in the game for a minute through two games. They have not ever been in the game like a threat to win the game. They started the game two times down (laughs) (laughs) 0-9. Two times. They couldn't score. I mean, we've been on Phoenix all season from day one, (laughs) even like preseason predictions and – you know, I'm not. I don't see anything in Phoenix that's gonna make me move away from them being the champions. Like so far, they're just continuing to check every single box. So when you squint on Luca, you see a little bit of LeBron. But when you squint on Ja Morant, you see D Rose. Oh. And Joe, let's go Ja versus Steph. I want to just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord when I watch Ja, because. <laughs> Because the Lord saw Tibbs take D Rose from us, and He blessed us with Jaw Morant, <laughs> the second who coming. went down the lane, <laughs> spin, pivot, made Jordan Poole touch Earth, and He just got a hook, sh- baby hook in the lane to take the lead in the game. Joe, Jaw, forty-one, nine, nine, three, zero, two and a half turnovers, forty-seven percent, thirty-nine percent in the series, up from twenty-two, nine, eleven in the previous series, with Pat Bev, of course, saying. Go again. Okay. He never let him drop 47 on us. Yoshi, you can't talk right now, okay? <laughs> Who cares? 
But Joe, I want to go to a question that you had. Steph, who is 26 6'6", 42%, 35% in the series. This mm. is a hard-fought series. After game one, Steph told Ja this is going to be fun. Then Ja said the same thing back to Steph after game two. Joe, all day or cray-cray, has Ja ascended to surpass Steph Curry? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm, this is tough. Uh, this is tough. This tough. This tough. <laughs> this is truly tough. As tough as the decision. This is the decision, Cliff. Here it is, right here. Here it is. I feel like I'm in the middle of YMCA. And this fall, and I'm, uh, very tough for me. I'm. I've, I've just decided this morning. I woke up this morning. <laughs> didn't know what my decision was gonna be. Sat down to record this pod. Had no idea what I was gonna say. And you know what I'm gonna say, Cliff. No way. No way. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, Cliff? No way. You know way. what I'm going to say? No way. No, I'm going to say no. Okay. Am I going to say no? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, what's the question? Is tough. it, has Ja ascended to surpass Steph, period? Period. Like, overall, as a player? Is that the question? Uh, like, like he from this moment, he mm-hmm. will rank higher than Steph every year, or like, you know, he's more valuable. Ooh. For like, that not, to happen, not, not not like legacy or anything like that. It's it's right, just right, right. like he is now a better player or a more important player than Steph is. Like, like if you're drafting in a season, next season, mm-hmm. are you going to pick Jaw or are you going to pick Steph? You know what, Cliff? I'm going to go ahead and say yeah. Oh, you did it! I'm going to go ahead and say yes. You yeah. did it. I'm you're taking Jaw yes. Cliff, do you know how many times Steph has had this many points? Like, has done what Jaw's doing? How many? It's twice. In his career, He's only done it in, his in the career. playoffs, in the playoffs, he's only wow. done it twice, and, and so Josh done it twice. We, this Josh done it twice. This playoffs, yeah. The thing about Steph is, he hasn't been clutch, mm. like we've seen it repeatedly. He hasn't been a choker, right? He's not James Harden, right? right. And I want to make that very clear. Steph's not a choker, no. but he has had many missteps in the highest moments, like in the Mm -hmm. highest pressure situations. Mm -hmm. He has had more missteps than he has. No, I shouldn't say that. I I just, he hasn't been very consistently reliable. I'll just say that he has not been consistently reliable. Not like even clay, you know, not like some of the other players, even that have been on his team, like KD in the past, or like even LeBron, you know, like when they hit that stride and when they were consistently just delivering in the clutch, of course, nobody makes a hundred percent of the shots, right? Like nobody's a hundred percent. There's going to be times where you miss, but Steph just, it seems like when those pressure situations build up, he's a little bit less 
than the full power of him, right? There are people who stay the same. There are people who get better. There are people who are a little bit worse. And then there's people who suck, right? And the people who suck, like there's the Ben Simmons, there's the James Harden, there's the people who really collapse. Steph's not that. But he is the guy who's a little bit worse Hmm. than what he could be. And on the other hand, you look at Ja, and when the pressure is the highest, Ja is the best he is mm-hmm. the best version of himself, right? Even game one that they mm-hmm. lost, I still think Ja was doing everything right. He, mm-hmm. like, remember we were texting and, like, he took yeah. that one three, and I was like, yeah. I don't like that. I don't want yeah. him taking threes right now. I want him going to the rack every single time. And what did he do the next three plays in a row? Right? <laughs> in a row. Drove in in a row. Left handed layup, left handed layup, left handed up and up. Like, yeah. that's what he does. He knows where he can get to on the floor. And at the end of game one, Cliff, he made that mistake. I do think that was a bad shot. They pushed him out. They, they telegraph, you know, it was kind of telegraphed. They knew it was coming. Right. What did he do in game two? Made the adjustment. Yeah. Right. Went to the floater to the middle of the lane, got a little bit closer to the basket instead of trying to do that swooping left-hand layup. So I just see that jaw has the will that is beyond, I think anybody else in this series. Mm. His will surpasses everyone. Now, having said that, I still am not sure that the Grizzlies will win the series. And I don't mm. think that the Grizzlies have to win the series for this to remain true. If yeah. Ja still plays out and Steph is not the one who's delivering in the clutch for the Warriors, but Clay is, but Jordan Poole is, but somebody else is, then I'm still going to think, yeah, I still think Ja's kind of surpassed him. It's just that the Warriors experience is going to allow them to still win the series. But man, I mean, I think in like two years, Ja's going to be unstoppable. Like, if he doesn't get injured, right, if he doesn't have the Derrick Rose thing happen to him, if Tibbs, as long as Tibbs doesn't come over and start coaching. Stay away! (laughs) Start coaching the Grizzlies. I think Ja is really going to be what Derrick Rose could have become, right? That Mm -hmm. Just that explosive, kind of unstoppable guard player, you know. And at least for two or three seasons, you know, in the middle of his career, in his prime, I mean, I can't wait to see it, man. Like, like. He's going to be amazing. I mean, both teams matched up really well. Both games came down to the wire. The first game was a one-point game on that missed buzzer beater that you mentioned. Second game was a one-point game with 40 seconds left. They're the top two scoring offenses of the playoffs thus far. And just mm. to kind of go over the top five scores in the fourth quarter in the playoffs this season, we talked about Chris Paul at number one. Number two is Bogdan. <laughs> <laughs> at 10 points in the fourth quarter, which is insane. 55% scoring. Ja, number three, nine points, 41% shooting. Steph, 8.3 is number four on 53% shooting. And Luca, 7.8 on 52% shooting. Ja is the only person shooting below 50% on this list, and it's an abysmal 41%. However, Cliff, however, Cliff let me give you a different stat, okay? Clutch yeah. time stats. Okay, so you you just have fourth quarter stats. Fourth quarter. Fourth right? quarter. That's just fourth quarter regardless of context, right? Yeah. Clutch time. You know I love clutch time stats. Yeah. Last five minutes of the game and overtime. Steph Curry, 6.2 points. This is in the playoffs. 6.2 points on 47.6% shooting. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, so that's actually very good for Steph. And we have seen it. I think Steph is playing better this season. Yeah. Ja. Oh, by the way, Cliff, uh, but from three, Steph in the clutch, 27.3%. Steph in the clutch. What? 27.3% from three. Cliff, oh. Ja Morant in the clutch, yeah. six points per game, 
So slightly okay. less than Steph, 6.2, six, yeah. six points per game, 52% from the field. Nice. 50% from three. Ooh. 50% from three. Steph plus minus in the clutch, plus 0.2. John Morant plus minus in the clutch, plus 2.7. Look, watching the game, you watch the game. I, I don't care about these stats, honestly. Like, like, this is the game is the test of clutch, and Jaws' will is superior to any shooting percentage. Like, yeah. he he makes it happen, and the Grizzlies are fully dependent on him to make it happen. By the way, Memphis Grizzlies in the fourth quarter. Uh, okay, well, let's do this real quick, Cliff. <laughs> fourth quarter uh, plus minus. Okay. okay. In the playoffs. Top three teams. Let's say top three teams remaining. What do you think? Number three. Plus minus? Plus, this is plus minus in the fourth quarter. Top three teams remaining who are still in the playoffs right now. Oh, the Suns. Suns. Number three. Uh, plus 12 in the fourth quarter. The Celtics. No. Oh, oh, really? Oh, Celtics oh, are the fourth. <laughs> Cliff, Celtics are minus seven. Oh, <laughs> in the excellent. fourth quarter. <laughs> oh, the Heat. No, not the Heat. The Grizz? No. Number two, Golden State Warriors. Mm. Plus 14 in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. Okay. Nice. Number one team, Cliff, Memphis Grizzlies. Wow. Guess what their plus minus is what? in the fourth quarter? 13. Plus, plus 67. <laughs> They've been trailing a lot heading into the fourth quarter. Plus 67 in the fourth quarter, Cliff. In the whole playoffs, number – so in the whole playoffs. So this includes teams that are already eliminated, right, because the Hawks were second. So Phoenix was fourth, tw- plus 12. Golden State third, plus 14. Hawks were second, plus 15. Plus 15, Cliff! And then the Grizzlies are number one at plus 67! Wow. That wow. is insane. That is insane, Cliff. <laughs> Guess who the worst team in the playoffs is? <laughs> That's already eliminated. The T-Wolves? Minus 62 for the T-Wolves. Oh, Pat Bev. Oh, Cat. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so, yes, I understand it was the T-Wolves. <laughs> but I think it's it's not all T-Wolves. It's also yeah. some Grizz. You, got, you know, it's not all T-Wolves blame. You got to give Grizz some credit. And you saw what they did in game two against the Warriors. So, look, I... I will give jaw the title if he can win this series but i still have mm. steph winning this series so i still so have even steph if above. even if jaw like outplays steph though clearly and they win because clay is good and because pool is good and because the team well is yeah better, i mean you're still gonna give it no yeah no it, it, it's okay, circumstances okay. right it's circumstantial mm-hmm. but i mm-hmm. i think to me it's the symbolic piece stamp on it take the mental kind of thing it makes sense you know? yeah it makes sense Okay, let's move forward. We got to talk about Bucks versus Celtics. Biggest battle of the second round 
Honestly, I really don't know who's going to win because without Middleton, this comes a real battle. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But, you know, the Celtics built the wall. And in two games, Giannis has averaged a triple-double, but 38% shooting and five-plus turnovers. It's not great. Celtics are the best front runners in the NBA. We know this. Blowing teams yes. out. Joe, all dare Craig Ray, can the Celtics knock out the defending champs? Can they knock out the defending will champs? They? I mean, sure. Will they? I mean, of course they can. Like, I don't know if they will. Uh, look, it, it's a, it's hard to call because the Bucks don't have Middleton. If the Bucks yeah. had Middleton, I would just say no. There's no chance, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if if Middleton were there, without Middleton, it's definitely tougher. You see what the Celtics can do, but the Celtics are going to have to make a lot of threes. Yeah. Um, the Bucks basically got the game that they needed to win. They split in Boston, so now they have home court. If they can take care of business at home, I don't know if they can though. It's tough. I mean, it's really a to me. It's a coin flip. Like at this point, without Middleton, it makes it a coin flip. The Celtics are still kind of bad in the fourth quarter. Like that hasn't really changed. Um, but I don't know. Like Jalen Brown is really good. <laughs> He's so good at basketball. I mean, yeah. To me, Jalen Brown is really. He's the guy. Like. Like, Jason Tatum is the best player, but Jalen Brown is the closer and also the kind of more of a leader, I think. Like, more mm. of the on-court leader than Jason Tatum is. Mm. Jason Tatum seems like he's, like, lacking confidence a lot of the time. If his shot's not going – and look at the box scores. You know, he's had many games where – even in this playoffs where he's had, like, really bad shooting nights. And it seems like he needs somebody else to catalyze him to get going. Jalen Brown doesn't seem like he needs anybody or anything else. It doesn't really matter what's going on. He's yeah. one of those guys that he's kind of just a bucket. Like, he'll just get it going on his own. He'll find a way to get to the rim. If if one thing's not working, he'll go to something else. And in the clutch, he's more of the guy who can just create offense out of nothing. You know, like, he, he can just get it on the wing and just create something. I think, you know, Tatum's a little streakier. Like, he's up and down. Um I mean, it, it, there's a bunch of things competing against each other. Celtics have better defense. Celtics have a better team. Giannis is the best player. He's the best player in the NBA. You know, clearly at yeah. this point, you got to give him that. And so all those things are kind of battling against each other. And it's just you want to see. Chris Paul might be the best player. In, <laughs> <laughs> in these playoffs, I mean, I would give it to Chris Paul. But, you know, overall, yeah. like Giannis. But... <laughs> I think it, it's really a, it's a coin flip, you know, it's what's going to happen, which things are going to win out, out of all of those things. Also, Emil Doka, probably the coaching edge. You give that to him over Coach yeah. Bud. It's, it's weird. Like I would have never thought that drop cover, like the, the drop coverage that the Bucks win, uh run would work in the playoffs. But then last year they won a championship doing that. <laughs> so it's weird. It's like, yeah, maybe, Tricking guys into shooting a lot of threes actually does work, and then they they end. They're up, gonna shoot a lot know. of threes. Yeah, the Celtics like shooting sometimes. threes, and they're gonna they shoot it on the road, which we know historically role players don't do that well on the road. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, game three will tell us a lot about how the series is gonna go. I think. I guess I'll st I'll still take Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, I'd still take Milwaukee, but honestly, it's Man. it's a coin flip. Yeah, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I mean. It, 
if you're a Bucks fan, you cannot be encouraged by game two. You're like, oh, wow, no. you we look very overmatched <laughs> by this team. I mean, kind of, but I don't know. Like, I don't really feel – I guess I don't feel anything based on the first two games. <laughs> yeah, maybe like that's why this topic is not as fire-driven. Yeah, it's hard to feel anything because – I think in the playoffs, the Celtics have been inconsistent. Yeah. Just historically, uh, even if yeah. you look at the past three seasons, you know, it's like some games they execute really well. Some games they execute poorly. A lot of times they're not great in the fourth quarter. You know, even in the Nets series, I think it was more a function of the Nets being bad than it was of the Celtics being good, particularly on offense. Yeah. Uh, but the Celtics have great defense. So that's always going to be there for them. Um, but I don't know. That makes it really hard to see what's going to happen you know yeah i i think to me it's like without Giannis on the floor the bucks look really lost oh they're terrible they don't know what they're doing and i i think Giannis has to go kd eastern conference semis last year playing basically every minute of the game to make this work and they and the celtics are doing everything possible just to put up the the wall against Giannis. Yeah. And it, yeah. Honestly, it doesn't look great for the Bucks. So I probably lean north to the Celtics, even though I had Bucks going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. But I don't it's know. Tough it's it's without, really a toss-up. Yeah. It's tough without Middleton. Yeah. They just don't have another scorer. Yeah. They don't have another guy who can come in and just, like, create their own shot. Like, you would, yeah. you want Drew Holiday to be able to do that, but. He's not. He, that's not his thing. Yeah, he can't. He can't. That's so. not his thing. And Middleton has supreme confidence in himself for some reason. But if the role players can play better at home, like Grayson Allen has had yeah. Like games in the against the Bulls. They gotta make like, shots. If they make shots, crazy. then the Bucks can yeah. win. Right. Okay. So I don't yeah, I'm not, enough. I'm not. Enough of this. It's so boring. <laughs> so boring. And even more boring, the last one. Miami versus Sixers, aka what is the point of this series? I mean, by the time Embiid comes back, it's going to be over. But, Joe, all day, Cracker, will Embiid salvage this? No. No. As I said, number two PER in the playoffs, Jimmy Butler. Of yeah. all the players remaining, the number one player in PER, Jimmy Butler, 30.3. I mean, he's killing in everything. Like, the yeah. advanced metrics, I mean, traditional stats, He's he's doing well. And so what is he? He's like he's Jimmy Butler right now. He's 27, 8 and 6 on 51% shooting from the field, 39% from 3. Uh, I mean, I don't know. He's just And Bam woke up in this series cuz he's 24, 11 and 4 on 71% shooting. <laughs> yeah, Bam's killing. Like Victor Oladipo looks good. He's balling. He's providing them something, and that's he's a balling. huge upgrade. Going from Duncan Robinson to Victor Oladipo, yeah. who's going to give you a little bit more toughness, a little bit more. He can create his own shot on offense, and then on defense, he's going to be a little. He's a former like, All Star. Yeah, he's going to be like feistier. He's going to fight a little more. I mean, you know, he's. I don't think he's a hundred percent like back to what he used to be. But right. dang, you've seen flashes. Yeah, I mean, you saying what he could be, and all of a sudden, you got him. And, like, Lowry's not even playing right now. That's what's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, Lowry's been out, so they got the coast. They got Lowry back. They got Jimmy Butler. They got if they need three point shooting, they can go to Duncan Robinson. They got Bam Adebayo. They got um, Oladipo. They got Tyler Hero. Yeah, who's coming to life now? And Tyler Hero is playing well. I mean, man, I don't know. There's I, a guy I mean, I, that's come out on social media that's posted um, his like a selfie with him and Doc Rivers Huddle, and he, and he writes. I can personally attest that no coaching was done during this huddle. (laughs) (laughs) And then he posts again in game two, same place. I can attest again, there was no coaching done in this huddle. (laughs) And the number one comment was, you guys, if we keep giving them everything that we got, we're going to turn this our way. (laughs) And everyone's like, that's exactly what he probably said. What I tell you, Cliff, that generic general crap, <laughs> nothing specific, nothing about boxing out, nothing about rebounding, nothing about getting back. Just give it your all. If you give it your all, we're going to win this game. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you give it your all and you give 100 percent, we're going to turn this around and we're going to win this game. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> The generic crap just doesn't do anything. It doesn't help anybody. Sorry, Joel. Just tragic. You had to give everything that you had in game six so you wouldn't lose a 3-0 lead. <laughs> and then you got your face broken. You break your face. <laughs> to not lose a 3-0 lead to save yourself from embarrassment just so that James Harden could lose for you. He looks Cliff, is James Harden great. dead? Is it over? It's over. He's over. He's over. He's over. He will never be a top 10 player again. Will Embiid ever get to the finals? Not with this team. Hmm. You know, not as a sixer. Hmm. I think he has to get traded. Or leave or walk. Will he, though? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's doomed. <laughs> I feel like the Philadelphia sports curse has just fully enveloped him. And for better or worse, he's going to be the Patrick Ewing of the 76ers. Oh, no. All right, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the People's Pod. Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate, give us five stars, follow us on social. We'll be back next week with more nonsense. This is SBR with Cliff and Joe. Peace.